0: You're listening to The Hunt with your hosts, Matt Woodward and Dan Adler. Well, welcome to The Hunt with Matt and Dan podcast. We're here in Central Arizona at Hunt Command. We appreciate you listening to another one of our podcasts here in the studio with Matt Woodward. And we are excited to talk to you on a new subject today to bring in some of the new hunters or curious hunters to Western big game hunting. And I want to talk a little bit today, Matt, about the diamond difference. Um, You could take that in a lot of different directions but I think for today, what we want to do is break down the barriers to Western big game hunting, which is the draw is not your only option. We've got a w- lot of different ways to hunt with Diamond Outfitters. We've got a lot of different ways to hunt the West. So today we're going to call it the Diamond Difference and give folks a breakdown and, and understand there's a lot of different ways to skin the cat, Matt. What, uh, when you first meet with the client and they're thinking of all their different options, correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the biggest misconceptions about hunting with us is that they've got a draw permit tag. Break that down for me. What's your experience been talking to hunters? Yeah, I think
1: that's the general uh, perception of hunting in the Southwest and hunting in Arizona in particular is the draw is your biggest uh, feat to overcome, really. I think what we bring to the table is a lot of different options. So, yeah, we hunt all the draw hunts. We actively participate in the draws in all the Southwestern states along with our clients. But we've got landowner tags or over-the-counter tags or guaranteed tags, for essentially each and every species that we hunt uh, from Mexico to New Mexico and Arizona, Colorado, et cetera. So lots and lots of different options to bring to the table for sure.
0: I think one of the things that has motivated me and you to grow Diamond Outfitters isn't just the financial component to it, just the business side of it, but it's actually being able to bring more variety to our customers. Um, We could list a dozen clients each of folks that if given the opportunity, would prefer to and in a lot of cases do hunt with us every year and in some cases multiple states now as matt mentioned we're operating in arizona new mexico colorado and sonora uh, in a le- higher level than we've we've been able to do in the past and what we're going to do on this episode of the hunt with matt and dan is we're going to start in august and we're going to kind of do a month-by-month breakdown on all the different opportunities in the three states and the two countries and we hope by the end of this podcast you'll understand You are not limited to a draw. Do not hesitate hunting out in the West, in the Southwest, or with Diamond Outfitters, because you think it's all about the draw. Now, I wanna talk about the draw for a second in a positive light. Arizona is not a preference point state. We are a bonus point state, and there's a huge difference, and there's pluses and minuses to both, but in a bonus point state, it's an old-style bucket raffle with your name on a ticket, and it goes in the bucket, and you have as good a chance of having your name pulled out of the tag as the next guy. In the case of New Mexico, there is no point system. Everybody has one chance, whether it's your first year or it's your 30th year. But in Arizona, every time you do have a bonus point, you get your name in the hat again and another chance at draw a tag. Colorado has a preference point system, which in the diamond difference you don't have to mess with because we're dealing with landowner tags or guaranteed draw tags for the most part or, or private property land vouchers to, to say it properly. And then all of our stuff in Sonora is essentially a landowner basis. So Diamond Outfitters does have an in-house application concierge service. And to be clear, we do want you putting in for all these hunts through our application concierge service in this three states, because in many cases they will bring some of your greatest trophy opportunity and the draw results or the draw odds aren't as long as you think they are. Every year we'll have first time applicants draw for elk, draw for deer, and there's really a lot of opportunity that shouldn't be overlooked
1: you should mention it is the only way to acquire a tag in arizona Uh, other than our over-the-counter tags for lion bear and archery deer uh, in arizona in particular all our all our tags are acquired through the draw so yeah some of our premium hunts some of the best hunts that we have to offer are certainly draw hunts
0: the way for you to take care of that is simply call our office at diamond outfitters we'll send you a client application deposit form we'll do all your paperwork for you and there's two distinct programs at diamond outfitters there's our diamond outfitters traditional model and then there's our zero platform. And that's kind of set the Western big game hunting world on fire because that gives you the opportunity to join us. What some of our clients call basically a layaway program for big game hunting. What that allows us to do for you is put you in for those premium rut draws, those premium uh, big game draws in Arizona, and New Mexico, uh, in the outfitter pool, in the case of New Mexico. And if you are not drawn, then we'll entertain all these other possibilities. In the case of zerooutfitterfees.com, if you are drawn, you have a free hunt because you're a member of our club and there's no limit to how many free hunts you can have. So you want to check out zerooutfitterfees.com and if that's not the best fit for you, Diamond Outfitters uh, will be the way to go. And what we'll do is our counselors, guys like me, Matt, Brett, Joey, we're going to call you every January. Somebody from the office is going to reach out to you every single January. You never have to remember about it. Draw a draw deadline. You never have to remember when to update credit cards. Diamond Outfitters is going to be that leverage tool. We're going to do that heavy lifting for you somewhere sometime in January. One of our guys is going to give you a call to go over your file. And once you understand all your options in the three states and the two countries, we're going to execute everything you've asked us to do on the draw tags. And uh, in the case of the landowner permits, what we're most likely to do on a landowner or even a private land voucher in Colorado is we're going to go ahead and book you the hunt at that time. So if it's January... And we're putting you in for a bunch of big game draws. The thing to do if you know you want to hunt with us that year is go ahead and book your over-the-counter, your landowner, or your private land voucher hunt. And then what we'll do is if we get you drawn for any of the premium hunts, we'll cancel your private land, your OTC, uh, or your voucher hunt at no penalty and move everything over to that draw. We're going to do all that for you. No heavy lifting. It's all done in-house, friendly staff, friendly team. They understand how it works. We're going to talk about our season in the light of it beginning in air quotes in August. And we say beginning because at Diamond Outfitters, part of the diamond difference is we really don't have an off-season. We're constantly trying to make a better product for our clients, for our customers, um, and we're trying to constantly give back to conservation. And in this diamond difference style calendar we've come up with, we're, we're going to start with August and take you all the way through July by the end of this podcast. And again, if you take nothing else away from this podcast, understand that As a client of Diamond Outfitters or Zero Outfitter Fees, if you want to hunt with us every year in multiple states, you will. And if you don't want to, if you want to space them out over time, we've got the draw tags. We've got the Zero Outfitter Fees member option.
1: I think kicking off with August, um, like you said, August is essentially the beginning of traditional hunting seasons. We kind of run year round, but that early August, that first week of August kicks off with our bear hunts here in the Southwest. And, uh that's both spot and stock bear hunts and bear hunts over hounds and so we kick off early august with those bear hunts it just gets busier from there the rest of august uh, consists of some archery antelope offerings uh, both draw hunts over-the-counter landowner tags guaranteed landowner tags for for archery antelope transitioning into rifle antelope and archery deer in southern arizona there in the latter part of, of august so Kicking off August, uh, kicking off our season really with bear, deer, and antelope, and on deer for that matter, that's actually coos deer, uh, archery coos deer, uh, archery coos whitetail in southern and central Arizona, archery mule deer hunts for with desert mule deer options, and our northern Arizona kayabab offerings up there, those draw archery hunts north of the Grand Canyon. August kicks off really busy with those three species, uh, and we continue those hunts, those August hunts really transition over that first week of September as well. So. Those same hunts, uh, antelope and archery deer and bear, all roll into early September. And then, of course, uh, what September is famous for, uh, elk season kicks off there in all of our southwestern states.
0: I think what's kind of cool, Matt, about having an early August bear season, and, and every year that that starting date will float, but it's generally a Friday in Arizona. And uh, I think this year it's going to be somewhere around the 6th. Uh, I think what's kind of cool about that hunt is as hot as it is outside, the bear hunting can be hotter And one of the reasons for that is there's no other hunts going on, essentially no other hunts in the state. If you're a big black bear fanatic that time of year, what you're hoping for is a a good prickly pear bloom. uh, And I like to call it bears in the pears. And there's two distinct bear seasons actually in August, one that kicks off around the 6th and the second one that comes back in around the 20th. And again, it fluctuates a little bit from year to year. It'll be on that Friday. One of the most popular offerings for our clients on that second, what I'm calling the second bear season Uh, is that that's when mountain lion comes back in. And so this is going to be really attractive to those guys that want to hunt with hounds come that August 20th option. And again, folks, this is all over the counter. You can do a combination black bear mountain lion hunt on the second uh, bear offering in August. And you've got the whole woods to yourself, essentially, as a bear hunter on the first hunt. So don't let the fact that it's super hot scare you away. Yeah, you're going to torture yourself a little bit, especially if you're doing a desert hunt. It's not going to be 80 degrees. It's not going to be 90 degrees. It's almost assuredly going to be 100 degrees. And with a little bit of luck and a whole lot of God, you're gonna get some monsoon on that hunt, but you could be sitting water if you're not hunting it with dogs and that's gonna be a really effective way. And you're gonna be glassing bears in the pears. Both Matt and I have some experience with that. And a lot of the guys on the team, in fact, there's a few guys on the team that would probably rather do bears in the pears than elk or coos deer like you and I love so much.
1: Yeah, I don't know the thing about that August deer hunt as well, when you get into that latter part of August, that can be turned into a combination hunt as well. We've got a few guys doing archery bear and deer combinations. Predominantly over water, Uh, there is some spot and stock opportunities there, but I'd say that's mostly an August water hunt where you can do deer and archery bear combination as well.
0: Yeah, I can think of a few guys the last couple of years. Troy and Mike that hunted with Pat Foy and Joey Kay um, had awesome bear-deer combo hunts, and that's a great point, Matt, because sometimes we'll focus on the bears and the pears or we'll focus on the hound hunting option, but uh, if you're a hardcore deer hunter, and you're coming out to sit water with us in Arizona on that August, early September hunt, I mean, let's review this. Not only can you have an over-the-counter deer for any antler deer in your pocket, but in a lot of units you can also have a bear tag, you can have a Merriam's turkey tag, you can have a lion Lion tag, tag. and I'm forgetting one, in some units even a javelina tag. Yeah,
1: there is a few options, yeah.
0: So you can call it a deer hunt, which is the primary species for most of our clients, but the reality is all four of those other species are over-the-counter, and it really does kick off kind of a safari fun component to it because, hey, I flew all the way out here from Chicago or Miami or New York or whatever for a mule deer hunt. But man, these other four tags in my yeah. pocket are kind of burning in a hole too. And now when that little crackle happens behind you, if something coming into the woods, shoot, you got five tags in your pocket, there's a decent chance whatever it is coming to your water, you're going to be able yeah, to that's shoot. That's fair game, yeah. Pretty exciting. Uh, August, uh, for as hot as it is, as I said, the hunting can be even hotter and Uh, There's certainly some cooler weather hunts we're going to talk about, but don't overlook something just because it's uncomfortable. You know, one of the things I tell people, whether it's extreme heat or extreme cold, these critters don't have a choice. They're going to be out there. They're going to be available. And you want to use that weather to your advantage to understand their habit patterns, their feed patterns, their need for water, especially in a dry season, like we've experienced in the Southwest the last couple of years. So August is a pretty special month. It's obviously a time we're excited because we're We're anxious to be in the woods uh, with a big fall season ahead of us. And Matt said perfectly, you know, September rolls into what probably for some of the guys on the team, maybe myself included, is maybe our air quote favorite month, right? September is bugling elk in Arizona, in New Mexico, in Colorado. For some of the guys on the team that we talked about, their whole lives revolve around that bear hunt. You know, I think, I can't speak for you, but for me, I think the bugle of the elk on that early archery and rifle and muzzleloader seasons in those three states that's always gonna be one that captivates me. That's always gonna be one that captures my heart. If I'm cherry-picking a client over the course of a year, it's likely to be on one of those hunts. You know, going all the way back to old Chris Ledoux songs about the bugle, of the bull elk. Hard to beat that. Arizona's still the number one state in the West for, for screaming bulls. New Mexico, uh, along with Utah and Nevada, arguably go back and forth every couple of years for second place. And then just incredible fun, high volume, high bugle archery and, and muzzleloader hunts. Um, that we offer in Colorado in September. Matt, when you think on these September hunts, I know we don't want to overlook all the other species we're hunting, but I know some of your best memories are are some uh, screaming bull hunts too. Absolutely, and we've got some fantastic elk offerings uh, across the board,
1: um, whether it be private land or public land, uh, unit-wide and ranch-only tags in, uh, in New Mexico uh and and you know private land opportunities in colorado and everything of course in arizona that we do for the most part is all on public land but yeah september is just made for screaming elk but not not to overlook though um if we back up about two weeks before elk season and we get back to that early september uh, that is prime time for colorado mule deer that's when you want to be in colorado chasing big archery velvet mule deer uh, that season kicks off this year on September 2nd, so we'll have our Colorado crew up there will be just uh, hard at it through early September, chasing those big bucks until the muzzleloader season in mid-September starts to roll around and, and we transition over to uh, archery elk there in the latter part of, uh, of September there in Colorado. Uh, and that, I'd say that in the latter part of September, that's also about when we kick off Arizona archery elk. That starts about the same time. And in New Mexico, uh, we'll actually start a little bit earlier with some earlier season offerings um, there in early September as well. Lots and lots of different opportunities to uh, get in the field on guaranteed tags. And now at that time of year, we're also still hunting bears. There's still bear hunts going on. uh, And we're still doing some of our antelope hunts. So antelope hunts in New Mexico, our guaranteed landowner tag antelope hunts can be tied in to elk hunts. They can be standalone antelope hunts as well conducted in September. All of our antelope ranches in New Mexico are enrolled in the pronghorn conservation recognition program there uh, in New Mexico, which allows us really flexible season dates. So we can essentially hunt antelope. Uh, We keep mentioning it for these different months, but we can essentially hunt antelope from the middle of August through the end of the year. So we're going to conduct those over the counter, excuse me, I should say landowner uh, guaranteed tag antelope hunts in the latter part of August, all of September, into October and could be done as late as as November. Uh, So lots of options there. At the same time that we're hunting elk in early October on our private land in New Mexico, uh, those guys are capitalizing on the opportunity to hunt oryx as well. During uh, the early half, first part of October while we're hunting elk, the elk hunters uh, will actually take some oryx and then we'll stick around and do some antelope and oryx specific hunts in that second two weeks or so of October. Uh, say like the 6th through the 18th or so at mid-October time frame. Uh, We've got some oryx opportunity uh, and antelope as well. Of course, still bear season too, so those guys are are uh, are hard at it with hounds and spot and stock both as well.
0: One of the fun things too in, in some of those uh, early fall hunts, uh, Matt talked about our Colorado deer hunt. The, the mule deer that time of year are still going to be in bachelor groups. They're still going to be in velvet. And in our Colorado operation, they're going to be hitting a lot of alfalfa, a lot of private, They're going to make for some fun spot stock hunts, a little different than some of the giant country, you know, millions and millions of square miles of public land or square uh, acres of public land, but some really great hunts for really, really that 160, 165 plus, even plus plus type hunts. And, you know, one thing I, I, I don't do a good enough job talking about it, Matt, for ourselves is the Arizona deer hunt, that mule deer hunt that ends on that Thursday before elk hunt starts on Friday. You know, if you are one of those lucky hunters who uh, draws a Diamond Outfitters elk tag or draws a Zero Outfitter fees elk tag, and you are concerned about your conditioning and acclimating to some of that higher elevation, we do offer in our camps an acclimation hunt. So instead of a full 7- or 10-day mule deer uh, hunt in uh, September, you could just as easily do a 3- or 5-day acclimation hunt where you show up at your elk camp or nearby your elk camp 3-5 to five days early and, and do some walking with a, with a deer tag in your pocket getting ready for your elk hunt that's a really great option. And uh, yeah, really once we kick off that August, September, it's full speed ahead. We've got guides in three states in the next three months and some guys living in the same camp for four months at a time and other guys bouncing from week to week from one state to the next. Uh, October is going to be special because as Matt said, we're still winding down on the rut, mm-hmm. you know, and you can get a secondary rut for those elk. We see some of great bugling activity
1: our October 1st elk hunts uh, in central New Mexico and northern New Mexico are just are fantastic elk hunts. Still, I consider that a peak rut hunt. The dates are still coinciding with uh, Arizona's early rifle bull season. That kicks off typically three to four days earlier than that. But traditionally, uh, for years and years, all my experience there is that October 1 in New Mexico is still fantastic rut dates. And so we just kick it off still hunting the rut for that first week or so solid. And
0: that's what makes hunting our private land ranches uh, throughout the state of New Mexico so special because if you are on the draw tag, you are only going to be hunting that early muzzle for firearms, that early muzzleloader season, for example, this year doesn't even come until October 9th. The first rifle hunt doesn't come until October 16th, and the second rifle hunt doesn't come until October 23rd. And I'm not saying anything about those not being good dates to hunt. They're going to be great hunts for our clients that draw those tags. But on these private ranches where we can start hunting with a rifle on October 1, that is going to be some of our favorite hunts, clients' favorite hunts. You look at, uh, you know, our, our 18 ranches, Matt, we have the same guys that want that thing booked up till 2030 yeah, because October yeah. 1 is screaming bulls and, and uh, uh, these guys just, uh, it's basically their ranch, you know, in, in their mind, maybe in our mind. And, and it's just because of that. And as our business expands and we've got more October 1 opportunities, Throughout the state of New Mexico, I mean, it's a hunt you really want to jump on if you're looking for that private land hunt.
1: Absolutely. And that is a pretty unique offering. When you look at, if you were to look at the uh, hunt regulations of the Proclamation for New Mexico, uh, you wouldn't see hunts on that date. Traditionally, across the state of New Mexico, rifle hunts are, come in a few weeks later. But um, our particular ranches, and, and this is something that we've, kind of, we've done with purpose What used to be called outside the core, outside the COER, or what are now called secondary management zones. Um, So we have the ability to hunt those elk with firearms on October 1st, which uh, gives us a little bit of unique flexibility and and, uh, additional season dates.
0: I know the guys appreciate it too, especially on the guiding side, because sometimes the futility of archery season and the, the busted stocks and the wind changing direction, some of those failures that are so common to us in the archery world now, it's I think it's nice just for the guides to feel like, all right, now we've got a rifle in our hand and uh, now we've kind of changed the game and the way we approach some of these hunts. So August, September, October, we are cranking three locations. Um, We still got the guys out chasing bears, both spot and stock and with the hounds. In fact, that first Friday or second Friday in October in Arizona, that brings in our, I'll call it our third bear season. So although some of those August bear seasons can carry over depending on quotas and season dates, we now bring in what I'm going to call the third season. And I think this year it'll it'll be either October 1st or 2nd, whatever that Friday is. And uh, again, you can do that as a spot and stock hunt. We're not really in the pears anymore. Now we're looking more in the rim country, maybe more in the oaks, um, trying to find those bears. Now they've put on some weight. They're thinking about the winter, getting ready to to be as big as they're going to be for that year. October also brings in a couple of really exciting hunts late in the month. Uh, and southern and central Arizona, it's our first Mule deer, or I'm sorry, our first coos deer offering of the year, whether we're doing it as a large scale camp in our coos invitationals with the shooting course at the three points rifle range in front of it. Keep in mind folks, that is a 95 to 100% guaranteed draw tag. Uh, again, the folks at the office at Diamond Outfitters will put you in for that tag. But it's also the time where we do our first Kaibab mule deer hunt of the year, the early hunt. And uh, the early hunt is much easier to draw on one hand and is often overlooked because it doesn't have the rut component that the late season hunt has but here's my argument for that October hunt is you're gonna draw that tag two to three times the rate of the late uh, hunt and you're hunting the exact same deer for the most part subject to migration on the exact same piece of real estate and granted there is more hunting tags therefore more pressure but you've got great draws with a full-time staff that knows the kaibab some super jumbos got killed last year on that October hunt because our kaibab crew is comprised of such great killing guides they just understand the dynamics of the early season up there, where these giant bucks are gonna go under pressure. And again, you know, when you can draw this permit three times what it's gonna take you to draw that late November hunt, I'd much rather hunt mule deer three times than one time. And uh, nobody does it better than the diamond guys up there absolutely. on the on the Absolutely, absolutely,
1: world-class, world-class that early hunt that being that latter part of october 22nd 24th somewhere in that ballpark that's a busy time for us because we've got a lot of other hunts kicking off now just prior to that though uh, we've got those guaranteed tags in uh, colorado for elk we've got an october 16th elk hunt that uh, occupies kind of the center of october so if a guy wants to get an elk hunt in there easy to draw essentially 100 draw uh, tags uh, that we'd hunt on p- public and private up in southwestern colorado uh, so there is some uh, October elk options, and, and then we transition into those deer, and uh, I think those deer, Kayabab and those coos deer hunts, uh, take us into November, take us mm-hmm. into the 1st of November basically.
0: If you're listening to this podcast driving or at home right now and your head's kind of spinning, I guess that's kind of the point, guys. We want you to understand the diamond differences. We want you to understand all these offerings because you can hunt with us. You can hunt Western big game hunting this year. You're not draw-dependent. We're going to put you in the draw for the hunts that make sense, but we have over-the-counter land over and private property tags. Matt mentioned that public land on the Colorado stuff, and we have exclusive guide use uh, pri- uh, public land where we're the only outfit that's allowed to be in there. So while your head might be spinning a little bit, just understanding one call to the office or a quick visit to diamondoutfitters.com or zerooutfitterfees.com, we're going to itemize all of that for you. Or our concierge specialists like me, Matt, Joey, or Brett is going to itemize that for you every year. So for these 12, 13, 14 iconic species, don't worry if your head's spinning right now. Just understand every month, you know, when you're thinking about your calendar, when you can break away from home, when you can break away from work, we're trying to fill that gap for you uh, with a professional outfit and, and some really high quality big game hunts. Matt, when you think about November, what are some of the hunts that jump off the page to you?
1: Really a lot, of, uh, a lot of Colorado deer. Colorado and Arizona deer, of course, until we get into the latter part of the month, there's going to be Colorado rifle elk hunts all available all the way through the month. Um, First, second, third, and fourth season elk hunts available in Colorado. So tons of elk options to take you through November, as well as our Northern New Mexico elk offerings. Uh, We're still at that point hunting elk on private and public land in Northern New Mexico. Lots and lots of elk options uh, to carry you through there. We've also got second, third, and fourth season Colorado mule deer. So we've got some uh, premium mule deer hunts. Uh, like you mentioned a little bit ago, mostly conducted on agriculture down in the lower country there in southwestern Colorado, some dry ground farms, a lot of irrigated farms as well. Uh, these are areas that hold deer year round. They hold deer in the summertime uh, when the fields are green and those, those deer are in those fields in the late season and cut fields rutting in November as well. And, and uh, some of these properties receive an influx of deer after that, say, that second or into the third and fourth rifle season as the weather starts to change. And so uh, a lot of elk and deer offerings. I guess I could back up and say we still have the high draw odd Arizona coos hunt. Our second season in uh, in southern Arizona, we typically do. Uh, It falls about that about a week or so into November, about the sixth or seventh or eighth of November. High success, high draw odds, fantastic southern Arizona coos deer hunting. That. uh, Uh, Again, it's been a staple for I I know both you and I for our entire career. So those are great hunts as well. So if a guy wants to get in the field in November, that's an easy one. We can put you on a coos deer hunt, an elk hunt, a mule deer hunt. Uh, There's still bears being hunted. We still have a little bit more limited as we get into November, but we still have some great bear options. In that case, specifically with hounds, Mm -hmm. those late season bears with hounds, that's a really good opportunity for a guy to take a giant bear. So if you're really looking for a big, big, big bear, I think uh, as was October and November, those later fall hound hunts, uh, our guys are just uh, second to none, just world-class killing big giant bears throughout the fall. So still lots of options in November.
0: And for those guys that are lucky with the draw, uh, whether it's their first time that we put them in or, or they've got lots of points, that's where your late season Kaibab, and if you keep hearing us say Kaibab and you're not familiar with that, that's the North Rim of the Grand Canyon. That's the Kaibab National Forest, all the way up to the line with Utah. Iconic, you know, Pound for pound, arguably the best mule deer hunting in the country per capita. And by per capita, I mean for every 100 trophies that come out of Arizona compared to every 100 trophies that come out of Colorado that make the book. We're really disproportionate in that sense. But again, the trade-off is the draw on that one. We'll get you in the draw. You might draw it your first year. You might not. It might take several years. Uh, but you've got all these other options. So if Disappointment Day comes out and the draw results don't go in your favor, it's easy just to say, put me on the same caliber trophy hunt in Colorado or maybe pick it up in the Outfitter Pool in New Mexico. So now that we've done uh, amazing hunts in November and we're starting to look into December, um, whereas there was a theme to August, September, October, November in in the Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado arena. There was definitely a constant theme there. December brings some awesome opportunities now south of the border. In fact, some of our best desert bighorn sheep in in Arizona, but also now New Mexico for the -the over-the-counter guys. Everybody knows how hard those are to uh, to draw in the in the west united states but for diamond outfitters to now have these desert big sheep opportunities south of the border is a game changer
1: yeah december is a is a whole change to the schedule december uh it's a whole facelift to what we've got going on uh desert sheep comes into play like dan mentioned in arizona we've also got guaranteed desert sheep opportunities in multiple locations free range desert sheep down south of the border uh, we all know how difficult it is to acquire a desert sheep tag and so uh, we've got a backup solution to get you a desert sheep as well. Also in December, about that first couple of weeks of December, we're really getting into and kicking off our desert mule deer down south of the border. There's a few different places that's happening uh, up north, northern Sonora along the Arizona border, also in central Sonora, also along about, uh, down along the coast of the Sea of Cortez. And so we'll talk a little bit about those hunts as well, but lots of mule deer options as well as desert sheep. Uh, and in Arizona, stateside in December, we still have over-the-counter deer going on. So as we get to about the middle of December, uh, we jump back into some archery deer, archery coos deer and archery uh, mule deer. This year, the guys just knocked it out of the park with big mule deer up in northern and central Arizona. Incredible, incredible, big, mature bucks, one after another. If you're looking to get out of the weather, get uh, out of wherever it is you are after in December, just pre-Christmas type stuff, whether it be archery over-the-counter deer, big deer down in Sonora, uh, or even a desert sheep hunt. December is a busy, busy month.
0: Yeah, a lot of the hunts in the Midwest are starting to wrap up because it's too cold now, and it's past the prime for, uh, for those rut hunts, and we're really just getting warmed up here. So one hunt that's really shouldn't be overlooked, uh, Matt's talking about, is that over-the-counter hunt. It's going to start about mid-December. It's going to really pick up the rut and take you all the way into January. Uh, but the guys just absolutely destroyed this over-the-counter opportunity hunt the last couple of years and shouldn't be overlooked, especially if you don't have any other hunts that, whether it's a draw hunt or hunts in your home state, it, if all else fails, um, these hunts aren't even priced like our a lot of other hunts they are less expensive. Um, you're going to do a combination of sitting water holes on a dry year, or if you're in good physical conditioning, you might do some spot and stock. But these are very high opportunity hunts on public, state, national forest. Maybe in some cases, some private land opportunities, but these hunts are going to be focused on mature deer pre rut or rut over the counter at a less expensive price than very affordable than uh, some of our other hunts, so shouldn't be overlooked. Some of the crew again is going to be in Mexico chasing uh desert sheep or rut mule deer hunts on some of our more iconic trophy stuff, you know, and that's obviously at a different price point. But it just goes back to this theme of you can hunt with diamond outfitters one way or another, that's the diamond difference, is you're going to find a hunt. Even these iconic sheep hunts, if you don't get drawn in Diamond Outfitters or in the Zero Outfitter Fees pool in Arizona or New Mexico, desert sheep hunts, you know how hard they are to get. Well, Matt and the team have worked incredibly hard to continue to foster 10 year plus relationships south of the border to a place where we can offer fair chase, free range, true desert sheep hunts. And uh, it makes for an awesome December, as you said, uh, uh, and kind of takes us into the head of the new year. Yeah, absolutely. A little quick break for Christmas, typically. Then we're kind of wrapping
1: December, and and we're still down south of the border and and bow hunting as well. Those over-the-counter Arizona hunts are still going on through the month of uh, January. So all that late season stuff still going on. Now, if you get your January archery deer hunt booked in, in enough time, back pre-October, we can also get you a javelina tag to make those Arizona over-the-counter uh, hunts look a little bit of a combination hunt. So late season January in Arizona is still busy, lots and lots to do. But our big focus, at least my big focus, is coos deer at that time of year. We're spending a lot of time most of the month of January south of the border, Hunting hunting some mule deer uh, and a lot of coos deer. It's uh, just fantastic weather down there. It's the place to be in January. There's no better place to be in January than south of the border. It's peak rut uh, for both species. It's just a a really fantastic time to be chasing these bucks. Uh, Those first two weeks of January, we've got a really interesting hunt going on. And that's that coastal hunt, that coastal mule deer hunt. This is a large area. Uh, this is essentially hunting desert mule deer on the beach, basically. camp. This is a, a unique hunt in Mexico. Basically, all of our Mexico offerings are conducted out of really nice ranch houses or comfortable ranch houses that have all the amenities of home. So whether you're booking a coos deer hunt or a mule deer hunt with us in Sonora, you're pretty much guaranteed that you're going to have comfortable accommodations, uh, hot showers, good beds. This coastal hunt is a little bit different. This is actually going to be conducted from a tent camp. Uh, A tent camp down on the beach, literally on the water, waves crashing, you know, 75 yards from camp, uh, chasing desert mule deer down in sand dunes and in low rolling hills that lead down to the ocean. There's desert sheep in the area that you're going to see. There's also some coos deer and some limited coos deer hunting opportunities in the area as well. 160 to 180 bucks with a chance at better. Big mature desert mule deer, dark horned desert bucks in the peak of the rut. And what better place to hunt them than on the beach?
0: Yeah, I don't know why, Matt, but I want to call this the Kenny Chesney hunt option.
1: Toes in the sand. (laughs) I got the toes in the
0: sand, you know, um, and no joke, folks, uh, these hunts are so dialed. Hunter Smith uh, has been part of this program for several years and brought it to Diamond Outfitters with Cole Kemp this year, and it literally is, as Matt said, uh, when you're sleeping at night, uh, you're hearing the waves crash on the ocean, but you're still dreaming about mule deer because Mm -hmm. uh, after your ocean breakfast, oceanside breakfast and in your Kodiak canvas cabin tent... You're going to head up into the hills and then up into the mountains. There is some coos deer around. You'll see the desert sheep, but you're hunting in the rut. And that's the focus of this hunt. So we can find that older age class deer. You'll see the pictures on the website, diamondoutfitters.com, as well as our social media stuff, Facebook and Instagram. So you can get an idea of what these bucks are like. And it's easy to figure out which ones are from this camp and which aren't. They're the only offerings we have with the ocean in the background. Yeah, an ocean
1: in the background, so, yeah.
0: We see, we see waves in the background of the pictures. You want to know what that camp looks like, just look, like, look for the pictures with the uh, deer in the background in the and, ocean. Uh, We've got a, a really talented staff that's going to be out fishing, bringing you some fresh local seafood, fresh local vegetables. This truly is not just about the hunt. Um, this one is going to be very cultural, and you don't have to worry about anything. You get on your plane in your home state, you land in Hermosillo and it's a Diamond Outfitters team member that picks you up at the Hermosillo airport. You're going to do your entire hunt with us. The last night of the camp, you're going to stay in a motel or hotel in Keno Bay on Diamond Outfitters dollar. It's included in your hunt. Get all showered up, have a great dinner overlook in Keno Bay. And then we're going to bring you back to uh, Hermosillo airport. So very little logistics for you to worry about. You've got the Kenny Chesney hunt. You've got the Northern camp that Matt talked about. But again, we're just in in less than an hour podcast. We've already talked about Five different ways to hunt mule deer with diamond outfitters between three states and two countries. Five different ways to kill a 160 to 180 plus, in some case, plus plus hunt uh, type opportunity. I believe our our best buck last year was a 217 in the U.S. and uh, a non-typical we missed. I'm sorry, and a typical we missed down south of the border that would have gone north of 200. So we like to under-promise and over-deliver. We're selling them as 160 to 165 and plus plus hunts. But Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, and Sonora are always going to produce a handful of giants. Yeah, absolutely. I think that another thing to mention on that coastal hunt is just the the added value
1: type stuff, the additional stuff that goes along with that hunt that's really kind of off the radar. But when you're there, Dan mentioned it's kind of a cultural experience. Yeah, you're you're on the beach. The uh, the local fishermen are, are are bringing their ponga boats in each evening with fresh shrimp and fish. There is an opportunity to maybe do a little bit bit of fishing if you tag out. There's time to kill. These guys are available to take us out and do some fishing. Um, this is a hunt that will bring a shotgun or two to camp as well. Uh, if you're a waterfowler, there's got some amazing sea ducks, amazing waterfowl in this area. There's brants. Uh, and lots and lots of interesting sea ducks to hunt as well. So a little bit of value-added type stuff that when we're down there and say a guy tags out in the first half of his hunt, uh, it's not just over. There's some time. There's some things to do to kill some time and have some fun, and and just a really neat experience down on the beach there.
0: And if you're anything like me or Matt, you've been blessed to do a lot of mule deer hunting in your life. Uh, the thought of this culture experience plus the opportunity to actually be camped physically on the beach. I don't know matt maybe it's just me but my first thought when hunter and cole and you were telling me about this was well this is a no-brainer for one because i would want to do this hunt yeah. you know yeah. I, you've been on a lot of mule deer hunts i've been on a lot of mule deer hunts but i haven't done that hunt myself yet and i'm thinking to myself i might be doing that hunt uh you know because that is that type of experience is totally unique as an experiential hunter do that hunt for myself i think it's just a, a totally it's not like any other hunt we offer and if you think about what our Colorado camp's going to look like that same time of year, it's buried under four feet of snow. But instead here, we're, we're fishing pongas after we tag out yep. of Mexico. Like I
1: said, toes in the sand, on the beach, beautiful weather. Uh, you're down in that, in that environment. It's an environment that doesn't dip below freezing typically each year. Uh, it's very rare that it ever dips below 32 degrees Fahrenheit. So lows for the winter are typically going to be in the high 30s or 40s uh, as the annual low down there. So... Just
0: fantastic weather and a really good place to spend some time in January. When you call the office for that hunt, just tell them you want to book the uh, Toes in the Sand or the Kenny Chesney hunt. We'll know what you're talking about.
1: (laughs) Not to be overlooked, though, in January, January is still prime time to be chasing lions. So the lion guys are super busy. While all these other hunts are going on and the teams are working diligently down in Mexico and on the coast and chasing coos deer, uh, Mike and our houndsmen are up in Arizona Uh, just on fire that time of year, chasing lions. And so that's another really good time. Uh, They're not snow dependent. These guys have got amazing dry ground lion dogs. And so sometimes we get a little bit lucky and get a little snow in the Southwest in the wintertime, but uh, really not reliant on it at all in any way, shape or form. And that's a good time to to get on a lion hunt, January, February, March. Um, Although uh, it is probably the best time to get on a lion
0: hunt wouldn't you say dan those are tough
1: to get booked those are in high demand
0: they are they're in high demand if you want to book that december through february opportunity you want to book that out through the diamond outfitters office or as early as possible as soon as you know you want to commit five or seven day hunts are the most common if you need 10 day hunts we can talk about it because we're hunting on 13.1 million acres combined between state blm and national forest that we're permitted on We can go just about anywhere in the state and be successful. And keep in mind, 13.1 million acres is bigger than the entire state of Delaware. And that's important when you consider that what Mike and the houndsmen are going to be looking for is that sweet spot if we're on dry ground above 35 degrees and really below 65 or 70 degrees. So they can go as far south as the Arizona-Mexico line. We can go as far north as the Kaibab National Forest all the way up towards Utah and almost everywhere in between based on where the best conditions are. And in addition to conditions, scouting and trail cameras, keep in mind too, that we have great relationships with Arizona game and fish. There's a few game wardens that we're the ones they call if they find a calf kill or a rancher finds a calf killed on his property. And then with a large team of guides out there scouting and uh, actually guiding, and it's in the case of January, those over the counter deer hunters, if we glass up a lion, uh, we're calling our houndsman team to go run that lion. So great opportunity to run lion hunts with hounds. If you've never done it before, My first opinion before I had done one was, well, that seems really anticlimactic shooting a mountain lion out of a tree. I will tell you, go do it. You'll fall in love with it. And it's not the shooting the lion part at the end that's so amazing. It's all the things that lead up to it and watching the dogs interact with their houndsmen, seeing how bad those dogs want to please you. Uh, And again, we've got so much real estate we can hunt on throughout the state of Arizona that time of year. Goes to show you again that diamond difference. We've got a lot of talented people scattered out over a lot of country giving diamond clients a really great unique experience and you know one thing we haven't really hit on in great detail again this afternoon is just how many coos deer hunts during that same month of january we're doing south of the border and matt when we talk about our coos deer hunts down south it's worth noting that all of our clients get picked up in tucson or Sasebo and either get crossed almost all of them are going to get crossed in our vehicles but you know matt cnn would tell you we can't go to mexico cnn would tell you the border's closed CNN would tell you, if we're going to go to Mexico, none of us are going to make it back. I'm pretty sure I'm sitting here in flesh. I made it through Mexico. You made it through 30 or 40 border crossings here. What's the difference between what CNN says about going down to Sonora and the reality of going down to Sonora? That's massive, yeah. Um, I actually saw just on the news just
1: last night that the U.S.-Mexico border was still closed, and I thought that was interesting news, having been across it myself in airplanes and on foot and in vehicles 30 to maybe 40 times in the last 90 days. I'm literally back and forth across nonstop. There's been absolutely zero restrictions. No questions, no tests required, no anything. Now, recently, as of January 26, you've got to have a COVID test to fly in or out of Mexico. So I had to do that for a flight into Hermosillo. Uh, hopefully they drop all those requirements. But uh, the border hasn't been closed. I don't, I don't know what they mean by that. The border's been wide open. We've crossed uh, over 50 deer out of the state, and out of, out of Sonora into the states, and almost that many firearms into Mexico in the last 90 days. And business as usual for us. I, don't, I haven't seen any sort of changes. Uh, it's just been smooth sailing all the way through the winter.
0: I think one of the neat things that also makes up the Diamond Difference, and Matt, you can speak to this really well because you've got it so dialed with all of your years of experiences. You know, a lot of customers that call us say, hey, I'm shopping you, I'm shopping three or four other um, mule deer, coos deer, desert sheep outfitters in Sonora, but I understand that I can't bring my meat or I can't bring my cape because there's too many ticks or I can't bring my horns and you have to ship that to me. And with the Diamond Difference with our team, that's just not the case. Uh, Not only are our clients bringing their own capes and horns back, but uh, you even were able to bring a desert sheep back uh, just a few days after it was harvested. Tell our listeners uh, again on those myths versus the reality.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's a a lot of misconceptions about hunting in Mexico, and there is a few differences like between desert sheep and deer, for example, but on a deer hunt, there shouldn't be any reason at all that you would not take your deer home with you. Your deer antlers, your deer's cape, and all of your boned out meat. So uh, you can bring all of your meat back. I've I've had other outfitters tell me that you couldn't bring your meat back from Mexico. I don't know where that comes from. It's 100% uh, false, a complete misconception. But we take all of our capes and all of our meat, and of course the horns, uh, from all of our clients back across and have for for many, many years. Uh, We've never had a cape confiscated. Uh, I did have a cape confiscated a few years ago. They kept it in holding. We picked the last couple ticks off it and we got it right back. So been running into other guys that are losing three out of five capes at certain crossings and and repeatedly losing capes and it's become a fact of life and an acceptable thing that they lose capes when they cross the border and that's just never been acceptable to us it's never been an option our guys put in way too much effort and way too much legwork and not only in the hunting and, and pulling off these hunts but in actually working on those capes so uh, it's kind of a joke around our camp. We spend a lot of time uh, picking ticks. We've made little videos about it and all sorts of things, and it's it's kind of a running joke, but we spend a lot of time on our capes, uh, on those hides to make sure that our hunters go home with their trophies. And so because we do all that, it's just, it's never been an issue. Our gun crossings, our crossings into uh, into Sonora and out of Sonora um, have, are just nothing but smooth and, and have been for many, many years. So um, a lot, a lot of misconceptions and, and uh, I think things are a lot smoother than most people understand. Uh, I think it surprises our hunters each and every time about how quick and easy it is to get into Sonora uh, and to import your firearm into Sonora. That's not a daunting process at all. Uh, it's a couple of quick stops. Same thing with leaving Sonora. We check our guns out just like we checked our guns in. Uh, we check our deer out with U.S. Customs uh, with a couple of documents that that we do. We take care of all that paperwork for our hunters. Of course, we take care of the gun permits pre-season, uh, and then we take care of the import documents uh, when those deer are taken. And uh, we simply need a few signatures from our hunters, and those documents get handed over to U.S. Customs, and you waltz right through with your deer with 100% success, with no problems at all. So things like desert sheep do require CITES permits, and it's very common for those to be brokered through the border uh, and shipped through the border at a later date, sometimes, you know, two or three months after your hunt. That's not uncommon at all. That's a very normal business practice down in Sonora. Although it can be done other ways. I was recently on a hunt with another outfitter with Nio Balderrama and his gang, and they had done a CITES permit in advance, and that CITES permit allowed us to walk a sheep across the border, um, I think, uh, four days after it was taken. So that sheep was was taken. It was taken to Hermosillo. It was plugged. Uh, all, the, all the CITES documents were signed. Um, by profepa and everything that everything needed to be taken care of down in Mexico. And it was a simple about a five minute process at the border, uh, to import that desert sheep, uh, obviously a, a, CITES animal the convention on international trade of endangered species. Um, and so it's a lot more do- paperwork and documentation, but that's what we do. So that's uh, it makes it nice and simple.
0: And our, our team has got this down to a science. Um, we also have great relationships. You know, Matt's fostered these relationships over a lot of years with, both our side on the customs side of it, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, and then the Mexico side of it, maybe not go so far as to say that these guys are our friends or our buddies, but they certainly recognize us, know who we are, know what we're doing, know that we do it right. Uh, If you're one of our clients, you know that we send you your paperwork, you know, guys for for next year in January, Mexico, uh, coos deer and and, uh, mule deer, I've already sent them their contracts and it's only March and, and you guys have already sent back your firearms information. So it's easy for us to then take that information and, and get your firearms uh, permits processed. So not something to shy away from. If you wanted to go hunt Mexico, uh, you can assure your wife and your kids, everything's gonna be fine. You're gonna make it back. We're gonna take good care of you. You're gonna have a great hunt. You're gonna be successful. I mean, if, if you ever wanted a 100% opportunity type hunt, you know, without jinxing ourselves, uh, if you don't get a coos deer or a mule deer with us in Sonora, there's usually a lot more to the story and it probably has to do with more misses than hits. Uh, these are great hunts, private property, in some cases, 180,000 square acres of uh, private property for us to hunt just Diamond Outfitters clients. And we will take, you know, just in January, if you look at Mexico coos deer and mule deer, Arizona archery and lion, you know, between all of our camps, there's close to 80, 90 head of critters that are going to be taken just by Diamond Outfitters guides and clients in the month of January alone. And I I venture to guess that for most outfitters in the United States, that's more they take in a year. We're going to do just in January. And that's not a criticism against anybody else it's just a compliment to the team and and after january we start bringing things back to the u.s we start getting our equipment cleaned up you would uh, think maybe that we're done for the year now we have six months to twiddle our thumbs and have absolutely nothing to do uh, but if you know anything about the diamond team you know nothing could be further from the truth march is uh, february and march matt we're just another month where we got a lot of work to do maybe not as many big game hunters in camp But there's still big game hunts going on and now it's preparation time too
1: absolutely february for example um, my carryover in february i continued those january hunts and actually hunted till about the 14th or so of february till about valentine's day so we do have some carryover and some deer hunting opportunities specifically coos deer in early february but that is also a huge month for lions the arizona guys are super busy they're hunting lions pretty much every day of the month that time of year the weather is prime, so it opens up a lot of ground temperature-wise and, and conditions-wise. opens up a lot of areas to chase lions and hunt lions in, so February is really busy with lions. Um, no, this was a little bit of an unusual year. Normally, Dan and I would be doing shows and things like that. I'd be on the show circuit in February, but with COVID and everything, and this year we did not a lot of shows, which has actually kept us in the field. little bit of additional time but of course sheep season down south of the border in sonora is still open so there is an opportunity to do those desert sheep hunts in february and even into march as well but uh, spring is still busy lots of lions to hunt and there is some javelina hunts as well Mm -hmm. but um, lions and and wrapping up deer and sheep and such really just takes us into march we open up some new opportunities in march it's of course still lion season Arizona spring bear hunts will kick off then. So there's some spot and stock, non-hound hunts. That's the spring bear hunting in Arizona is conducted only spot and stock. So there's some bear hunting opportunities. And uh, we also jump back to New Mexico that time of year and begin to chase some oryx. So those free range oryx, they're off range oryx off the missile range. Uh, These are private land oryx hunts. Uh, I think we touched on these a little bit ago. We have the ability to offer these oryx hunts any month of the year on private land so on private these are an over-the-counter tag it's not a a hard to draw tag like the missile range tags that you've heard about the once-in-a-lifetime tags uh our oryx hunts are over the counter and a guy can come shoot an oryx every single year if he'd like so we can offer those hunts year-round. We like to do them in the spring, and that's mostly a scheduling thing for us. It's, uh, the weather is fantastic that time of year. It's starting to warm up. The oryx are readily available, and, and we've got lots of time to chase them. So uh, throughout the spring, March and April, we're doing a lot of our oryx hunting opportunities in central New Mexico and staying busy and leading, up to, uh, leading up to, I guess, what's next, Dan?
0: Yeah, we start thinking about April, and you've got to start thinking about the spring gobble that goes into May. Uh, We've still got some bear hunts going on for the spot and stock guys, and these orcs can't be overlooked, and I hope within the next 6 to 12 months to be able to offer odd dad hunts that time of year to our Diamond Outfitters family as well. Uh, These orcs have a really, really neat history. As Matt said, this is not the once-in-a-lifetime hunt that you can't do once you've had that permit there on the white sands. This is private property that we've nurtured, Matt's nurtured, especially uh, if you do some of our Unit 18 elk or antelope hunts with us, you'll know some of these areas we're hunting for orcs. But these are naturally occurring oryx that were brought over, I believe in the 1950s by the New Mexico governor. Uh, at the same time he brought in the IBEX, same time he brought in some of these ODAD, with the idea in mind of hunting for himself, for one, and also the sins of New Mexico. And uh, they've got a pretty neat history on them. They've expanded to our ranches. Yeah, they, they
1: put, put them in there originally to kind of create some hunting opportunities. The oryx thrived there in the White Sands Missile Range and, and took over and they've got lots of great hunting opportunities on the various ranges. And uh, since then, in the last 30 or 40 years, the Oryx have spread out of the missile range and out onto some public land uh, and onto private land. Now, Oryx hunting opportunities in New Mexico consist of, of course, the on-range tags, the once-in-a-lifetime draw tags. There's also off-range draw tags that we can apply our hunters for. We've got lots of great access to state land, to landlocked and and difficult-to-access state land. that has got great Oryx hunting on it. So there's Oryx draw tags to apply for. I think 80 of those each month, about eight months of the year or so, uh, eight or nine months of the year. But our big uh, offering there, the thing that we really specialize in is that private land tag. And the best thing about that is that you can get that private land tag over the counter. Essentially, it's purchased on your phone, on site. Uh, those tags are good for a calendar month. So we never want to schedule or can't schedule a hunt over the end of a month. It's good for a certain month. And so you can't hunt basically over two months, the end of a month into the next month. That's about the only scheduling hang up there, but lots of opportunity to schedule and and do those Oryx hunts. The only time we really don't do a lot of those Oryx hunts um, and and don't necessarily offer them is just the the dead heat of summer. And I think that's just a a weather issue. We've not not done a lot of Oryx hunting um, in, say, June and July to date, mostly just because it's warm out.
0: Well, and this guy doesn't like rattlesnakes, so you can have him yeah, right. in July and August. <laughs> um, so if you're trying to figure out what we're saying, if you've not heard of oryx before, uh, these are also known as Gemsbuck. They're about the size of a large cow elk. Uh, this is not an antlered animal. This is a horned animal. This is an antelope family member that originates from Africa. One of the things that if you don't know anything about oryx or gem's buck is this is not the scimitar horned oryx. This is a totally different species. They're cousins. And this particular oryx is also known by our hunters who have hunted them before arguably is one of the greatest, uh, table fare of, of any animal you can Absolutely. harvest uh, in the United States. It's, it's right up there at the top of the list. So, uh, we'll offer anywhere from six to eight orcs hunts a year, hope to be expanding that, uh, over time. And again, hopefully by the, this time next year doing this podcast, or maybe even sooner, we'll have a lot of odd out opportunities as well for, for the diamond outfitters family. Um, we alluded to it before, but this is another month where all our shed hunters are out in full force Elk shed hunting opportunity may be winding down, but there's still a lot of deer going on. Of course, the turkey or goblin uh, throughout the Southwest. We don't have, uh, we're not offering the Colorado turkey hunts yet, but a lot of opportunity in Arizona on the spring draw. And uh, this is when we'll do those over-the-counter, highly desirable turkey tags in New Mexico. One nice thing about New Mexico is they offer two toms, uh, whereas Arizona's draws for one. And uh, these are hunts we're looking forward to on our New Mexico private property this year. I know you and I are excited to get over there there in the next few weeks and We know from the turkeys you've got here in your yard that they're starting to think about the gobble. (laughs) Absolutely. It's about that time of year. And uh, those are going to be fantastic turkey hunts. Uh,
1: Turkey hunts over there, that's in northern New Mexico. It's a high density of turkeys. We're going to hunt public and private land. We've got our great elk ranches up there that have got lots and lots of turkeys on them. And we've got great accommodations for those hunts as well. The spring turkey hunt gives us the ability to hunt on public or private land as well. So we've got a little bit more flexibility there and a little bit more ground to cover. We're not restricted to anything at all so those are going to be high success lots of fun hunts with lots of birds uh, that's going to take us from about april 15th to may 15th uh, a good busy month of uh, of killing birds there in northern new mexico uh, at the same time that our guys are hunting birds in arizona as well uh, we do have some limited goulds turkey hunting in arizona some some draw hunts in southern arizona uh, for the mexican subspecies of wild turkey the goulds Uh, in addition to hunting merriam's throughout the state uh, on draw and over-the-counter tags uh, in Arizona. April and May are pretty busy chasing birds after we wrap up some of those oryx hunts.
0: We've recently made a really cool alliance. Um, Call the office if you're interested in it because I don't know where it's all going yet, but we've recently made a really cool alliance with a very high-volume provider of quality Rio turkey hunts in North Texas. And uh, we have two different groups of clients this year that are coming to do a turkey hunt with Diamond Outfitters for three days, Then they've got about a four and a half hour drive, so a leisurely drive uh, uh, into North Texas where they'll be uh, hunting Rios near Wheeler for three days as well. So if you're looking to finish off those slams, this is a way to literally kill two birds with one stone. Sometimes I make myself laugh. But uh, anyways, that's kind of how our May's gonna wrap up. June and July is gonna be a lot of scouting. We're gonna have our commissioner elk tags, maybe a couple other commissioner tags that are relevant that time of year. And also um, would be remiss not to mention this is a good time of year if you've been wanting us to do one of our best of the west long range hunting and ethics class either out with us at one of our ranges or maybe uh, in your hometown or your home state or on your private range this is a good time of year for us to uh, make it out do a best of the rest long long range hunting and ethics class with you so there is no off season matt uh, this really is a year-round gig we didn't even say one word about the amazing job and the seasonality of the staff that does all of your hunting applications for the three states over five different draw periods throughout the year. So we are the outfitter that never sleeps. There's a lot of great outfitters out there, uh, but uh, certainly proud of our team. And as you've seen today throughout the course of this podcast, there really is a diamond difference. We do things at a different level. We think about things at a different level. There's a lot of great outfitters out there. We're just one of them. And uh, it's hard to find that diamond difference. It's hard to be able to say, If you don't get your elk tag, your antelope tag, your mule deer tag, your coos deer tag, your oryx tag, your goulds tag, your merriam's tag, um, your desert sheep tag or your lion tag in a draw, we'll just take you over the counter. We've got it. Yeah, Yeah, we've got it. And I...
1: I think that that is the big diamond difference, and it's the reason that we've all kind of joined forces to create what it is that we've got going on today. If you want to hunt out west, if you want to hunt uh, over the course of your hunting career, you want to hunt a bear and a lion, and you want to kill a big bull elk, and you want to kill an archery elk and an antelope and mule deer and coos deer, desert muleys, rocky, rocky mountain muleys, whatever the case may be, um, you can stick with us essentially and go with guys you trust. If you come on an elk hunt with us and you have a great time and you make some friends and we've developed that relationship, you can come back and know what you're getting into on that mule deer hunt, that coos deer hunt, that bear hunt, and know, with your, you know we've got all those opportunities kind of wrapped up into one outfit.
0: We look forward to the opportunity to serving you Uh, You can check us out online at diamondoutfitters.com or zerooutfitterfees.com. You can call the office at 520-730-8147. You can catch us on Facebook or Instagram. We certainly appreciate you joining us for this episode of The Hunt with Matt and Dan podcast. We are at Hunt Command Central Arizona. It's a beautiful spring day. Looking forward to getting out in the woods with you. And thanks so much for listening to our podcast. Make sure to tell a friend or two and we'll see you in the woods. Thanks and hunt safe. The Hunt with Matt and
1: Dan is brought to you by Zero Outfitter Fees, The Wild Sheep Foundation, and Diamond Property Group.